What up, fam? On this episode of Snapback Sports Pod, it is our official Super Bowl 56 preview. Rams, Bengals, hear all the picks, hear the Super Bowl MVP, but most importantly, hear what Gatorade color and Abe's national anthem prediction. We also talk about the NBA trade deadline. CJ McCollum got moved this morning, Karis LeVert yesterday, and potentially Jimmy Harden could be on the move. We discuss it all. Fam, this is our last podcast before the big game. You won't hear from us until after, so listen in and tune in. Snapback fam, new app. The Baltimore Let's get Ravens it. select Lamar Jackson. I'm a Raven. It's on. All year. Every year. Jackson takes it himself. Oh! He broke his ankles! A collapse! Oh, James! Auburn's going to win the football game! Auburn's going to win the football game! For the Philadelphia Eagles, the long drought is over. Bryant put the jumper. What's up, fam? I'm your host, Jack Settleman. Joining me today, and as always, my co-host and longtime best friend, Abe Granoff. Abe, what is on your mind today? You are in Super Bowl grind mode. The fact that you just closed your eyes, was able to get through that intro with no <laughs> mistakes. I'm proud of you. You're back on the horse. Uh, what's on my mind today? What a week. What a week we have going on. We have two battles on different landscapes of sports. We've got Stafford and Burrow versus Woj and Shams. Who's trying to dominate the week? Woj and Shams out to an early lead, but I think, uh, I don't know if we've ever done this, but I think we should, I know we don't like to talk about the M's, but Woj and Shams are kind of different because everyone has their notifications on this week. Is Woj washed? Yeah, I think what's, he is. what's your beef with Woj? Because he said there's no beef. Happy. There's, there's no beef with Woj. I think Paul. that's the beef. I'm pretty sure that's the exact <laughs> there's no, there, There's no beef with Woj. It's just like, Shams is just dunking on him time and time again. He's the first to every trade with the details. Like Woj might say they're in agreement, but Shams is the first one there with the package. On draft night, because Woj has this affiliation with ESPN, he can't leak the peaks. Shams is dunking on him two picks ahead. It's just time to accept that Brady's retired and it's Shams' time now. Well, we'll really see who the GOAT is this summer because they're both free agents to be. They're both going to get max bags, but max bags look differently nowadays. Shams is 100% going to get a bigger bag. He's younger. He's younger. Yeah, he's younger, but in this industry, who knows if youth is uh, of the best. Like, we got our guy CP3. He's still balling right now. How would youth – have you ever tried to teach your mom or your grandma how to use an iPad or Mm -hmm. a phone? Mm-hmm. Like the older you are, the more ass you are with technology. That's not just like like I'm not saying Woj doesn't know how to operate a phone, but just like but Woj histori- is, Woj could be more sourced. Is he though? Like Woj like, had this. Like let's unlock Woj's game this summer and let's see what happens. Like you said, he's been limited given his relationship with ESPN, or is ESPN putting him on? We don't know. All I'm saying is my allegiance totally lies with Shams. He's better looking. He's younger. He's quicker to the phone. He's a faster typer. He has everything you want. And he's reporting that James Harden is going to be a sixer. <laughs> he's reporting that the Nets are open to a deal. We're not. We're not locking anything in, Jack. We'll so we're recording. Second. We're recording on Tuesday morning. Deadline is, I assume, 4 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. And three then or four. To three Super or four, Bowl. yeah. All right, we're going to talk NBA after the break. This first half of the pod will be, of course, about the Super Bowl. Shout out TickPick. They are sending me to the big game. 
three in a row for your boy. Uh, let's see, Mahomes, Mahomes, now Burrow, and Joe Shiesty, Rams, Cincy. You want to just do it off the top? Give your pick. You want to do the breakdown? What, what are you feeling this morning? Ah, uh, shit. So let me start by saying that I, I – actually, I don't think I picked against them in the wild card weekend, but I've pretty much picked against the Bengals throughout the playoffs. So if you're rooting for the Bengals, if you're a Bengals fan, then what I'm going to say is probably a good thing because I've been wrong about them. They've just continued to shock people and just get it done when they had to. They, I mean, the way that you're seeing it on Twitter, they must have dominated those first two football games, right? Like, they are so good. Everything. Mm-hmm. The Bengals are ran through the Raiders, ran through the Titans, didn't need any luck, took down Mahomes in Arrowhead. Um, this is hard, man. This is hard. When the Super Bowl first dropped a week and a half ago, we found out the matchup. My mind went right to the Rams. And for all of football reasons, right, matchups, better players, everything that you want in a, in a one-game thing, I think the Rams have on their side. But since then, I'm still on the Rams. The Rams are still my pick. But I'm slowly getting pulled towards the Cincinnati team, and it has nothing to do with anything other than likability of this football team. Like, I think this is the most... Like, nobody hates a Cincinnati fan base. The Rams don't have a fan base. Nobody hates anything about either of these teams. Stafford's a good story. Burrow's a good story. Odell's a good story. People like Ramsey. It's it's like people are just happy. We'll be happy regardless of who wins this game. Unless you have financial liability on this game, which I will at some point. I just haven't determined what my play is. Um, But from an X's and O's standpoint, how do the Rams not dominate this football game? The answer to that question is it's one football game and anything can happen on any given Sunday. That's it. You know about that ball, Abe. It is an oblong ball that can bounce all different ways. Um, but the biggest weakness plays into the Rams' biggest strength, and that's the defensive line. How do you stop Aaron Donald? First off, you don't, but there's still Von Miller. There's still Leonard Floyd. They still have Jalen Ramsey on the best receiver on the Bengals. And I, like, you can talk about the quarterbacks and everything. Stafford's having probably the best uh, quarterback run since Allen and Mahomes are gone. Burrow's been good and clutch when he needed to, but like I think the quarterbacks kind of cancel each other out because you could see either one of them just balling out for their team and, and putting them on their back. So you look to the rest of the rest of the team, and you've said it the entire time. The Rams have been your pick to get to the Super Bowl the entire year. This is just plain and simple. A more talented roster with a better advantage on, on matchups and a better head coach. Could the Bengals win this game? Absolutely. But for those football reasons, I just don't see the Rams losing. So I think it's important to understand the difference between what you said initially, which is you're starting to maybe lean Cincy on likability. It's not the likability why people are starting. Now the public is all over Cincy. Everyone is officially on the Cincinnati bandwagon. Are you talking about financially? or I'm, I'm talking about financially. I'm talking about it's not likability, it's confidence. And it's the same bullshit that yeah, a black-ass be- Philly squad to a Super Bowl. It's the same confidence that hold on, when... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Jack, Jack, Jack. Listen, you can 
like take shots at me whenever you want, but just like actually have a basis to them. Like the Eagles were the one seed, won fourteen games. No, I'm not saying you guys are bad. I'm just saying like anything Philly is whack is shit. That's all I was saying. That was the shot. But but it is that confidence, and it's not, and the likability goes with it, right? And it's because they play with a certain type of swagger. They play with this feeling where they they aren't nervous. There's no pressure on them. They're free to go. And now it shifts to a Rams team who all the pressure is on them. They are in a home Super Bowl. They did trade their entire future for Matthew Stafford. And if they fall behind, what does happen? They've played from ahead virtually the whole postseason. Obviously against the Niners, they made a little comeback. But they never really felt down. Since the whole time has just been like, it's all gravy. And it's starting to become their team identity. And I think that's the difference is like, yes, on the field, skill, player, talent. I I feel like we have overblown it to a degree. Like this isn't the most lopsided matchup in NFL history. It's four or five point favorites. But there is this just understanding in the locker room for Cincy. We can do this shit. Like, no, we do not care what anyone thinks. Let's go win the Super Bowl. So I hear you and I, I get that feeling too. But the difference is like the swagger can carry you so far, but like I'm just using the Eagles Patriots Super Bowl as an example. I remember we had this conversation talking about the game. The Eagles had every single advantage to the Patriots in that Super Bowl other than quarterback and coach. 52 man roster, the Eagles were a better roster. On the sideline and under center, the Patriots had the advantage with the best of all time on both sides. And that was it. That's not the case in this Rams Bengals Super Bowl matchup. Yeah, the Bengals have all the swagger and confidence going in. I did see people on the media this week talking about how Joe Burrow has no pressure on him. What? <laughs> it's, the, it's the Super Bowl, my guy. <laughs> like, there's no pressure to win this game. It's, it's the fucking. Dude, it's. I know. I, no, it's because it's the stupid media thing where the re, you said it right after the game, so credit to you that this week would turn into Josh Allen or Joe Burrow. It's not even anymore. It's just Bur- Burrow is better than Allen. There's fucking... Burrow, no, it's Burrow or Brady. It's Burrow yeah, or Brady. They, they, someone asked I've me seen on Monday it. I've seen that. it. I know I've seen it. I've seen the images. People are saying, should Burrow retire after the game? Would it be the greatest, like, three-year run in, in football history? Like, what the fuck... If Burrow gonna... won this super, if Burrow won this Super Bowl and announced on stage he was retiring, he would be the goat. There's <laughs> no, no, there's he no, wouldn't. there's no doubt in my mind. Okay, that's my point. This new thing where people assume that they're going to be back. Same with Josh Allen. Same with Mahomes. If since he loses this game, I'll continue to repeat this. There's a chance they never touch a game like this in Burrow's career. I'm not saying it's, it's likely, but there's a chance. It's, it's going to take the next three or four years. Let's call it a five-year plan. There's going to be a five-year plan. The world of sports has a five-year plan to get rid of recency bias. And I know you think that's an impossible task given the people that respond to you on Snapchat. But the world has been groomed because of Tom Brady and the Patriots to believe that this type of sustainability year over year is a possible thing. And everyone that watches sports now, nobody really remembers 30 years ago what happened. Brady and the Patriots have been doing something unprecedented, and LeBron in the NBA 
and now we saw last year with the Bucks and Suns, a new matchup. We got the Rams, Bengals. It's like, and people kind of don't accept it because they're, the norm isn't there. Brady's not there. LeBron isn't there. But what people will realize is, and it'll take, it's like, you don't appreciate them until they're gone. Because mm-hmm. we've been groomed to accept that LeBron's always going to be there at the end. Brady's always going to be there at the end. LeBron is getting near the end of his prime, right? He's 38 <laughs> now, so he's got to be leaving his prime soon. Brady just hung it up. Our five-year plan as sports fans is going to realize that what we've seen in the last two decades is not a thing, is not normal. And there will always be greats that come along and dominate the sport, but especially in football. Mathematically, it's not possible, Abe. How can ever? How can uh, I see? You, you can handle the mathematics. No, but how can I see all these graphics online? Oh my God, the AFC is loaded. Herbert, Allen, Mahomes, Burrow. Uh, they always put a fifth guy, and then they like act like Lamar's not a person either. Statistically, mathematically, logically, all four or five of those quarterbacks cannot play in the Super Bowl every year. It's just not possible. So when you say, oh, Burrow will be back, Allen will be back, Mahomes will be back, when? Are they alternating? Because if they are, then they're back once or twice in a decade. Like, it's just not possible. So pressure on Joe Burrow is there. But to their credit, they have not they have not exhibited anything that's shown that the pressure is bothering them. I am excited to see the game. And look, like you said, football, oblong ball. Matt Stafford throws interceptions. Could he throw a pick on the first drive of the game and Burrow cashes in to chase and then the the complete complexion of the game changes? Absolutely. But over 60 minutes, if they play this game 10 times, I do think the Rams win it probably 7 of 10 times, but it's just one game. That's the beauty of it. And they're only five-point underdogs. I saw something yesterday. Brady's first Super Bowl. You know how big of underdogs they were when they beat the Rams? No. 14 points. And I'm not even talking like Tom Brady related. Think about how good that Rams team had to have been to be 14-point favorites in the... So that settles it. Burrow, if he wins this, is better than Brady. Because he... Because Vegas respects him more. Well, that's the irony. That's the irony to the whole thing, is you said. You know, we've been betting against Cincy all year. Vegas has been saying Cincy isn't good, and now they're kind of saying the same. I mean, five point exactly. Vegas is saying exactly what I said about the Niners the entire year a few years ago. They were wrong for a lot of the time, but at the end, they were. I was right. Mm -hmm. I was right about the Niners. They were cute. Vegas has been calling the Bengals cuties all year. You have been calling the Bengals cuties all year. You almost hopped off just because they made this one football game and they're playing in this one football game. I was able to hold you off the ledge so they're not cuties. And in the end, Jack, your perseverance will come through. The Bengals are not going to win this game. You will have been right the entire season. They will have been cuties because a cutie is what? A team that... People think are contenders that cannot win a championship. <laughs> and if they don't win a championship, they're just as good as the 31 other teams that didn't. Only one team wins at the end of the year, and there's 31 cuties. You called the Bengals cuties, and you will be correct, and so will Vegas. The Rams are going to win this football game. If you are looking to get some action on the game, underdog set a line. Joe Shiesty over one passing yard. So use that. Sign up with the code Jack. Jack. 
you're the head of winning at underdog. That's correct. How much pull do you have there? On on Burrow? Can we get a Mickey Guyton national anthem line on underdog? I already asked. No special props allowed. It is not legal in the States. But that leads me to my next question, Abe. Did you come fully prepped for this podcast? Did I come fully prepped for this podcast? Yes, Jack. And what you're referring to is the anthem analyst Granoff reporting for duty. Um, notorious uh, national anthem Super Bowl handicapper. You've got Mickey Guyton, country singer, whom I've never heard of. But since then, me and Mickey have become, since the announcement, that is, me and Mickey have become well acquainted. Let me start by saying I know that you just opened up sportsbook apps and everything, and you have some friends at places. Sportsbooks are absolute cowards for not offering this line. I can't find it on any legal sportsbook. I can find it on offshores, which I won't name the name of those. Um, but if anyone can find me a place to bet on the over-under of the national anthem, please, please, please DM me. Jack, please send out a tweet to all your Twitter followers, the blue check. It won't crush your your um, credibility with the blue check. I I need to bet on this, but regardless if I can financially wager on the over-under national anthem, I owe a service to the community, to the people of the United States, to the world, honestly, to the people that watch the Super Bowl. So my original thought was don't even look for a line. Go crunch film. Go do some research. And I watched her sing. I can only find one video of her doing the national anthem in the past on YouTube. And I swear to God, she sung it faster than the ABCs. But that didn't really matter. What I was focusing on were her mechanics. Her mechanics in other songs. What did, how does she react to a last breath? Does she sing through? Does she power through? These are all factors you need to take in. And I, and I landed upon my own um, line that I made. I said that I was comfortable betting anything on the under of a hundred seconds meaning wow, a minute and that's 40. a fast one with a minute and 40 i'm telling you jack this girl speeds since then i've seen it on some offshore books open at 95 seconds 93 seconds that's a fast national anthem if you look historically i think the only person that's come close to that is correct me if i'm wrong not that you would have any idea uh, Kelly Clarkson in 2012, I think, went for 94 seconds. <laughs> and uh, that was the fastest it's been in the last decade. And now you're looking at a line of 95 seconds, a minute and 35, flirting with that 2012 Kelly Clarkson time. And you know what I compare this to, Jack? A few years ago, week six or whatever, Monday Night Football, Rams, Chiefs, the over-under was what? 70 mm-hmm. 70 or something everyone and their mom looked each other in their eye and said that's too many points i need to take the under but in reality and this is similar to what vegas has been doing all year with the Bengals, they're literally telling you what the result is and they're baiting you into taking the other side they're not dumb they've been doing this for a while i work in the industry and it's an Trust. over right like everyone wants 
heard to hit that last note hard. Exactly. And go like over. especially last year when you have Jasmine Sullivan, I went back and watched the film holding out a ten point seven five second brave at the end that made it go over. That selfish motherfucker who is never welcome on this podcast. And she and I was wrong. And that's the beauty of this is this thing is in the moment they're feeling something. It's the biggest stage. People think they want to have their shining moment. Nobody knows who the fuck Mickey Guyton is. Mickey Guyton wants to make a name for herself. She probably has an album that she's announcing, like right after the Super Bowl, and that'll push that. People think this is their moment, but people in the moment also crumble and pass the ball with a wide open layup and a six foot point guard guarding you in the fourth quarter of a game seven. Mm-hmm. This is Mickey Guyton's game seven. I've seen lines all over the place. I have yet to place a wager on this solely because I cannot find it. But, Jack, I know it's low. I'm giving the under on anything under 100 seconds. If the line is 95, I'm comfortable with going under 95 seconds. Really? The under is the play. But, like you said, the under is the play at 100, but you then said at 95, so... I, my original my original line I was thinking like ninety seven and a half. Yeah. But five seconds, judging by what I've seen from her, I'm comfortable giving out the under as a play. Wow. But until I can officially but step. Step. Until I can officially and I will announce on my social media when I can locate that. Okay. Until I can officially find somewhere to place a wager on this over under. I've been looking far and wide and I can't find it. You cannot hold a win or loss against me. Unless I am booked for a bet, you cannot hold this against me. But I owe a service to do the research and to report on the matter, just like Woj does, even though he's a little bit behind Shams all the time. And under is the play for the Mickey Guy in National Anthem. The official official unofficial play is in. Correct. And I talk out of my ass about 99% of the shit that we talk about on this podcast. Correct. Abe doesn't research I shit actually, for this podcast. I actually put it. in the work to yeah. look into this. And you know what? I I put my reputation on the line year in and year out. I lost last year. It was a tricky year. There was a duet. There was a guitar solo. And I lost on a on Jasmine Sullivan trying to take advantage of the moment. I played it right, and she held out an 11-second brave, and it went over. But this year... I'm confident it's one person, Mickey Guyton, under. Okay. Okay. So now that we have all that information, I wasn't sure if I wanted to reveal it on the podcast, in the public. Oh, you, I was going to text you. Did you get a a glimpse of uh, rehearsal? I did not get a glimpse of rehearsal, but there are a couple factors in play. Number one, the stadium is about a hundred yards from the NFL's official offices. I've had contact with members of people who work in those offices saying if rehearsal were to be done at the stadium, there's a very good chance that they would be able to actually hear the rehearsal, which would really make this national anthem interesting. Because if that amount of people know the answer, then it's going to be very tough to get a bet down. That's number one. Number two, I have really good intel from a a very well-trusted person, that they get the answer prior to kickoff, prior to the song being sung, every year. That makes sense. And that they need to organize commercials and everything and have it all ready. That makes sense. And every year, this information tends to be correct. So, 
I don't know if you would rather me share that when I receive the info or we just ride your... It's Because I think it's a matter of... It's not about the money in this case. I feel like I it's a matter of say, pride. Jack... Uh, I was just about to say, Jack, I'm a little slut. Like, <laughs> if you have the answer to a bet that I'm willing to win money on, like, I'll swallow some fucking pride. <laughs> I thought you were a man of faith and pride, but I understand. Uh, so, if you are all listening to this podcast, which we know you are, DM Abe and I in a group chat. You know what? I have a better idea. I have a better idea, Jack. Let's make sure people are listening to this podcast. I am going to announce... I'm going to tweet from my Twitter account at Abe underscore Granoff. If Jack receives this information and the play is the under, I will tweet nachos and cheese. Okay. If the play is over, I will tweet creme brulee. <laughs> and that's and that is how we will announce this. So if you really want to make money on this, Jack will give me the information that he receives, which is good intel. And those are the code words that you will see on my Twitter. Creme brulee means over. Nacho cheese means under. Okay. And look, people, you're going to have to probably turn tweet notifications on for Abe. If you do it now, that's dangerous, given that the Sixers are in trade deadline. I would suggest doing it maybe Friday. But if they get Harden, it will also be dangerous because he probably won't stop tweeting for a few days. But this intel could come as late as an hour before the game. So I will not I could get I could get the information in an hour and this podcast won't even be out. I will not tweet it until this podcast is out. Okay. The last, I think that's the best way to do it. The last give a code word. That we need to I don't want to reward I don't want to reward anybody for not listening to this podcast. Of course. The last prop babe we need to go through. You're the national anthem guy. I became on a whim the Gatorade boy last year. Filmed Coach Arians receiving the the blue Gatorade dump. I think it went off at like eight to one, eleven to one at some spots. They were, you know, in years past. There's been theories. There's been reasons. There's been. I've been told they tend to go team color. Obviously, it was blue. That last makes year. no sense. Obviously, it was blue last year. But they said odds on team color. Now the I think the Eagles were blue too. Blue yellow is the Rams team color. I feel like if you're, if you're taking Cincinnati to win the Super Bowl, Abe, does it make more sense to take orange Gatorade poured? Cuz I orange, do see that. I'm looking I I'm looking at the at the lines right now and orange is a outright favorite at plus 180. Wow. With the second favorite being no shower at plus 300. That's so lame. It's LA. People like don't want to mess up their hair. I get yeah. it. Um you got blue at plus four hundred. What's yellow? Oh. You have yellow, green, and lime in a slash one category, plus four hundred. You've got clear at six hundred, red, pink at seven fifty. Value just because red's delicious. That's, fire, and these, yeah. that's what I don't think people factor in enough into this thing is what do the players want to drink? Like what is their take? I bet you you can go on like. If you really want to do it, go on like the Rams and Bengals TikToks from from training camp where they're walking out and the social media person's hanging a uh, a white thing with a question like, "What's your go to meal? What's your favorite Gatorade?" And like Jalen Ramsey, oh, red. And like they just want to 
drink what they like the taste of. Sometimes it's not that deep, fellas. And then you got purple at plus 800, so I'll run it through again. Orange, 180. No shower, 300. Blue, 400. Yellow, green, lime in one selection, 400. Clear, 600. Red, pink, 750. Purple, 800. All right. You give me your guess, but I think I know what the official play for me is going to be. It's hard not to get by. Like, I, first off, when it comes to Gatorade flavors, I know you're a notorious red guy. Mm-hmm. For me, it's a mood thing. Like one day I want a yellow, one day I want an orange, yeah. one day I want a blue. Um, I also believe there could be different colors in different coolers, and it comes down to proximity to the coach. Exactly. There's a there's also an offer on this one website. Number of Gatorade buckets dropped. One bucket dumped minus four fifty. Two buckets dumped plus 300 no liquid plus 300 mm. um so yeah it could be they have two options of colors and whichever andrew whitworth grabs first is what's going to be dumped <laughs> on mcveigh's head I, if i could bet i would bet whitworth to pour the yeah, gatorade 100 percent. 100 i'm gonna go red pink 750 for strictly taste taste to to price value that is that is my favorite color yeah in terms of flavoring um so i like that you get the longest odds on the board. Sometimes I do get worried. The same reason you, you said, you know, they're telling us the under. Plus 750, are they telling us, look, guys, I know red's a good flavor, but it's not going to be the poor. That's that's my only hesitation. I'm going to go somewhere in the middle here. I'm going to go with yellow. I'm going to go with okay. yellow as the alt color for the Rams. So we've got that. I think lemon lime is actually a good sports drink. Right, like I like blue; it's refreshing. Uh, I like red, but when I think of lemon lime, sometimes I think it, it looks like urine, so it's like hydrated urine. Oh, and okay. the final reason, I don't know. Something tells me Burrow, Chase, LSU, OBJ, LSU, purple, maybe, purple, purple could be in play. But I feel like yellow covers both bases, and I could see. The yellow orange, I could see the yellow blue, I could see some ESPN bullshit graphic of them pouring the yellow Gatorade and then transforming Burrow and Chase into I don't know. I just historically I'm on the call for it. I anticipate doing the same on Sunday. I'm going yellow as my official Gatorade play. I I think you'd be listen, this is your thing, the anthem's my thing, so I'm not gonna step on your toes here, but I genuinely think people trying to pin jersey colors alumni of universities to Gatorade is quite possibly the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Oh, you mean like uh the the Kobe tip two years ago that the Gatorade was gonna be purple? Yes. Kobe? yes. Yeah. Um it is strictly what do the players enjoy sipping on? That's as simple as that. And, and that was part of my factor. That was part of oh my Oh, my factor. God. What? Oh, my God. What? What? Hit up McPherson. I don't know if McPherson would know the answer. What color is the Gatorade bottle in his trick shot in college? Remember no. when he kicks it? No. Uh, there's a video last week of McPherson drinking, and it was clear, actually. Could have been water. Just- it was water, but that's clear. That's an option plus six hundred. There's no way that I, yeah, but that's a personal water bottle. We're talking about a cooler, right? Like Do the trainers really walk- drink Gatorade on the sidelines. Like, don't they drink water? 
think you need like sugar and like carbs for energy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. It's also delicious. There's got to be someone like realistically you grind hard for the national anthem. There's got to be someone who knows this answer that we can get in contact. Yeah, it's called the training staff that right. pours the powder in. What you think it's powder? Hundred percent. Mm. In my head, you think they always dumped like by gallons those... of bottles. Yeah, yeah. No, you, know, you think trash. one? You think a, exactly? You think a Rams intern is going to Costco in, in yeah, L.A. Literally, this weekend? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. No, I do absolutely not. That. Powder. All right. My official play, and remember, Abe, you said yellow, green, lime. Like I get a few shades of the color, so I like yeah. that as well. Any any urine, any variation of urine, you get, unless it's orange, in which case you probably have a kidney stone. Yeah, yellow is my official play. The under is Abe's official unofficial play. We will have either nacho cheese or creme brulee for you on Sunday. Stay tuned. We're gonna take a quick break. After the break, the NBA deadline is Thursday. February the 10th. CJ McCollum is already on the move. Here's what else is going to happen. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, fam, we are back. Abe kindly reminded me. We didn't really make our Super Bowl MVP or our game predictions. We've talked about it, so we can make this quick. I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to go Matt Stafford. I'm also going to say, Stip, I'm going to make multiple different score predictions throughout the week. I made one on here to argue. It was 31-27. And all of them are, and all of them are valid. All of them are valid. I said 31-27 on here to argue last week. I said 31-20. Today, I'm going to go 31-20. I'm back on 31-20. I think the I Rams like can... 31. I like 31. I think they can blow... I even in my head got up to 34 last night before bed. My official play will be Sunday when I put it on the story. But for now, 31. You know what? 34-20. to 20. I'll probably land 34-21. Will be my five, but right now thirty four twenty. I'd like thirty one, but I can't. I can't steal your thunder, so I'll, I'll leave you with thirty one. I don't even think this is gonna really be a good game. Like thirty to seventeen is what I got. I could see the Rams wrecking since he's offense. I don't in their game see. Plan. I don't see, and even more so, I don't see. Since his defense was the reason that they won that Chiefs game, they were unbelievable both times they played the Chiefs, shutting down the Chiefs' offense. But I just 
can't see them doing that two times in a row to to this Rams team that can score four touchdowns in three games for Joe Burrow passing. It's not like he's lighting this thing up. Stafford's the guy who's been throughout the playoffs the hottest. Cooper Cup, Odell's back. So I'm with you. My MVP, I am going with Matty Stafford. I think there's, I would say, if you had to go alt pick, because we like giving those alt picks, um, I would go Cup before I go Donald. I think it's going to be very difficult for Donald to do something of that caliber. So I would go Cup. There's a chance he goes 200 two touchdowns, and that's the only stuff he gets. I don't see OBJ as a long shot. You could say Jalen Ramsey potentially if he had two picks and one was a pick six, but way too much has to happen. So I'm going Stafford. I do think if you're betting on the Rams in the game, that is a better bet. There's also some theory that you could just same game parlay it. You could take Rams to win. You could take Stafford over completions or yards, alt line, and those may pay out better than Super Bowl MVP. But if you want to keep it simple, I like Stafford, Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, again, we're, we're pretty much aligned on this thing because I foresee – my original thought right away is Aaron Donald. Like, I just see him wrecking this game because of solely the matchup against the offensive line. But I have a hard time thinking that if the if the Bengals' defense was capable of, of holding the, the Rams to under three touchdowns and the Rams could win a 17-10 game, I would go Donald but I'd see no way where the Rams don't put up at least 24 points. And if that's the case, the offense is going to get an MVP because there's going to be high numbers from something. They're not just going to get good field position and punch it in every time because Aaron Donald has forced to strip. They, they might, honestly. But Stafford's the play. And my my heart pick, who I want, I would love to see OBJ win that Super Bowl. That would be and, amazing. And just dance on all the haters. So you'll go Stafford and Cup. Not the chalkiest thing you've ever done. I'll go Stafford and OBJ. I will say, as confident as I am that I think Stafford's a better play than Rams' money line, Joe Burrow, Super Bowl MVP over Cincy, like, come up with any scenario where Cincy wins this game and Joe Burrow isn't the Super Bowl MVP. It's almost impossible to imagine. Is it? It is for me. I mean, I mean, I... Think about this. Go back to the Chiefs-Bills game a few weeks ago. Let's call that the Super Bowl. Gabe Davis would have won MVP. No, not he Josh wouldn't have. No, he wouldn't have. He would not have. That's, that's the point. That's I the think point. he would have. He would not have won. He would Jack, not. he just did something that Jerry Rice didn't do. He did, but Josh Allen also threw him four touchdowns. And I, I hear you. It's a, it's a fair point, but... You also have to remember, this is Super Bowl MVP, and there's a lot that goes with this, meaning the NFL wants to appoint the next guy. Brady just retired. You think they're going to give it to... There is narrative. There is narrative. You think they're going to give it to some wide receiver? I know Chase is a stud, but they want Joe Burrow to have a Super Bowl MVP for the storyline, for the future. There's no way in my head that it, it goes down like that. And I don't see them defensively getting the job done where Burrow's crappy. So... If I like that, I always am a fan of save your juice on the quarterbacks. I think it's valuable. Listen to this. Listen to this. In 2000, this is because this is just the first, it's not an Eagles thing. It's just the first time I remember a Mm -hmm. wide receiver winning Super Bowl MVP. Oh, no. Didn't Julian Edelman win it? Yeah. A few years ago? Oh, what I can remember, back to your Josh Allen point in Gabe Davis. In 2005, when the Eagles lost to the Pats in the Super Bowl, Deion Branch won Super Bowl MVP. 
Deion Branch was had a, and that was Tom Brady in 2005. Mm-hmm. So at this point, he's the guy, and the NFL is trying to prop him up, and he'll just continue being the guy. Brady was 23 of 33 for 236 and two touchdowns. Deion Branch was 11 receptions, 133 yards, and no touchdowns, and won the MVP. I'm just saying. Did so? Deion Branch of, used to used to run trick plays for them. No receiving. He didn't, he didn't have a pass attempt. He didn't have a rushing attempt or a rushing touchdown. He also used to play defense. Did he? Yeah. He didn't have a tackle or a defensive stat Are recorder. You positive. I'm looking at the box score right now. All I'm seeing from Dion Branch is 11 receptions, 133 yards. Now they could have been timely. Type it into Google. Type it into Google. Why did Dion Branch win 2005 Super Bowl MVP? There's got to be an explanation. Also, you you can remember historically 2005 lower scoring games. Having 11 for 133 was not something that people did. I don't know if you guys had a start because he tied. He tied the Super Bowl reception record with 11 receptions. Okay, there you go. I, I think so if it, fucking Gabriel Davis had four touchdowns and 200 yards, that was a playoff record. He would have done the Super Bowl, Jack. He would have won MVP. Like, sorry, Josh Allen. That's but, an interesting uh, question. I, I may pose that to the Twitter following. but There's no, there's a 100% chance Gabe Davis would have won Super Bowl MVP. I don't know. 100% chance. Let's look at, let's look at Julian Edelman's stats in that Falcon Super Bowl. No, he. I don't think he won the Falcons Super Bowl one. Yeah. Oh, he definitely won the Rams one because it was the shittiest Super Bowl of all time. Yeah, I think that's what. But Gronk scored the touchdown. I thought so. Maybe yeah. Edelman. All right. So the score was thirteen to three, and Edelman caught ten for one forty-one. Right. So both receivers that won a Super Bowl MVP for Tom's team, neither of them scored a touchdown in the game. Bizarre. Bizarre. And then, when he did win it, was when uh, Michelle or White had three touchdowns in the game, in the comeback. But obviously, all credit goes to Tom. All right, to the NBA trade deadline. First trade, Tuesday morning, right off the bat. I'm in L.A. I wake up, you know, Eastern time, a little delayed. C.J. McCollum is on the move. I'm like, all right. First big trade. This. First big trade. We know I know, Karis LeVert the other day. I'm just talking today. C.J.'s okay. on the move. I'm like, all right. Some contender probably traded for him. New Orleans Pelicans giving up Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and others. They get Nance and McCollum. The most meaningless trade ever? Like, what's the purpose of this? It's David Griffin at, at David Griffin's finest. David Griffin, the GM of the Pelicans, former GM of the Cavs, is the epitome of let's trade for talent and nothing else. Who cares about fit? Who cares about finances? Let's just get some goddamn hoopers on this team. And that's what the trade is. And now you have Devontae Graham, CJ, Zion when he's on the Knicks in a year, and uh, Brandon Ingram as your core. Congrats. <laughs> like, sick. You sold a few more tickets with this trade. You did. You think? Yeah. I, no. I actually, never mind. There's a, lot, a shit ton more to do than go to the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans. Right. Science made that very clear. I, but I, the, just... I think we're talking about the wrong side of this trade. What the fuck is going on in Portland? <laughs> Letting an interim GM tear down your entire roster. You trade CJ McCollum, Norman Powell, Larry Nance, and Robert Covington. And what do you have to show for it? One first round pick. A singular first round pick. 
I give credit to the Portland front office if they're doing this to please their superstar and only that. The interim GM came in without a plan. All he knows was Dame loves the grind. And he goes, you know what? I have to make my best player and franchise cornerstone happy. Let me give him the grind. And now he's got Didi Lazuda coming to town. He's got Josh Hart, Justice Winslow. I mean, the grind is there for Dame. Dame probably is the happiest he's been in his Portland tenure because this is the hardest it'll be. People are saying ring culture ruined the NBA. Which is also funny because that's Ring just competition. That's NBA. just competition and winning. The goal of the NBA ruined the NBA. Got exactly. It. So I don't believe that. I do think now we've got people being stubborn, and I do think it's honorable to stick by your team for the entire time that you're there and to say, "I want to stay. I want to stay. I want you guys to bring pieces to me. I'll help be part of the free agent pitch. We can win with CJ. We can win with Norman Pat. We can do this." That's fine. Dane, you've won the respect of everyone. You did your best. You got to the conference finals. They didn't deliver you enough pieces. It's not your fault. At this point, it's just being stubborn for absolutely You know no what? Reason. Exactly. It's like I just saw this tweet. Shout out Tyler Conway. Don't get it twisted. I don't want anyone to see anyone tweeting free Dame. Like, fuck that. He said, it's no free Dame either. That man has done this to himself repeatedly, pretending like he's above super teams and running from the grind. If he winds up stuck on a 25-57 and 57 team for the rest of his prime, so be it. That's on him. Couldn't agree more. There's a, And to reiterate, I do respect that he wanted to give it a go. But he simply does not need to anymore. He's been there for 10-plus years. He has tried to get a team to come play with him in Portland. It's Portland. It's time to go. Go try and win a championship like you deserve. I do think he's probably on the market now. I really think this is the last straw. Not he, not before tomorrow. You don't what do you mean? I think it'll be an off season thing. Maybe, but maybe he is. Who knows? Um same thing Brad Beal. Brad Beal, I respect it. You wanted it to happen in D.C. You do a lot for the community. You love Washington, D.C. Once again, though, it's time to go. You've tried things. Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, it's just not going to be enough. Go set yourself up for success. That's what people care about. And so Now do the, now do the next player. James Harden, I do not. I, he's a joke. <laughs> Listen, man, you tried it. You tried this whole Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving thing. You tried it. Go set yourself up for success. Go play with seven-foot Michael Jordan and the MVP of the National Basketball Association. So on the on the Harden thing, uh, which is the big impending thing, gut check, Abe. You have gone from we're not trading Ben before the deadline to one tweet, changed all of that, obviously. <sighs> Fucking shit. Keep it to yourself, honestly. There was a moment, uh, I think, I would say end of last week, where you were pretty much like, it's going to happen before the deadline. I would say you thought that was the favorite. Now, with the. That was when I was. That was an hour after Sham's tweet, and I was drunk on it. No, but I did feel there was momentum, and it felt very real that it was going to happen. It still feels very real. But the favorite in the situation, I think, is to make it through the deadline. For many different reasons. We're getting hardened no matter what. 
That I am fine with. You guys are the favorites to have him at some point in his NBA career. I'm no, fine with that. I'm talking he will be a sixer be prior to game one of next season. It's just a matter of will he be a sixer on February 11th. So my stance on this is I actually see this as a very plausible and logical trade for both sides. For both sides. It's for a win-win Philly. for both sides. For Philly, it's a it's a good trade simply because you're going to exchange one player who's not playing the game, and you're <laughs> going to put a good player onto the court. That's a positive. I, I don't love the idea of the rest of the squad, especially if they would have to give up Seth. I really don't love Harden's fit in terms of, okay, you're taking the ball out of Maxi's hands. I think he actually is better as an on-ball, on-ball point versus like a catch-and-shoot guy, right? And Harden obviously mm, demands... shooting 40% from three this year. I know, I know. No, 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 but you don't want him standing in the corner. You want him active. He's at his best attacking and making plays. If you don't feel that way, let me know, but I, I think you do. And Tobias, he just doesn't feel like the number... I lost. That's the thing, and you're going to say you're a Tobias homer, and that's fine. You can say that. I am totally okay with giving up Tobias, and you know how much I love him. But if we get James, I love the fit. Because when you saw Tobias last year, when he had his best year of his career, he was the most efficient he was in his career. Yeah, he was nasty. I just said best. It's all relative, Jack. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. He was at his best in his career when he was playing with Ben. Because Ben was create, making the defense collapse and leaving Tobias. When Tobias is at his best when he doesn't think, which is a lot of people on this earth. But when Tobias doesn't think, he's actually good. Relative, Jack. Relax. And I think James Harden, with Embiid, with how much focus those two take away from a defense, will play into Tobias. Now, I could to- totally be wrong. I said Tobias would be an all-star this year. Uh, he felt just short of being the replacement for KD, unfortunately. Um <laughs> But the my gut, let's go back to my gut about what will happen before Thursday. The favorite is that I have a heart attack. Just because since Woj Shams tweeted this on Friday, I haven't been able to think. I've been re- refreshing Twitter with my forehead for a week. My gut just thinks it's too big of something to happen to materialize that quick. Mm-hmm. When a month ago, the Nets were saying, absolutely not. They're not open to discussing. Don't even call. To them, five days before the deadline, saying they're open. And there's a little bit of a who has more leverage war right now. Solely thinking, Jack, James Harden could shut all of this down like that. If he just said, I don't want to be traded. I want to stay here. It would be done. And Brooklyn has all of that's it. But he hasn't. And that's what makes this feel kind of real. He could shut all of this down. He could have signed the Supermax extension when they offered it to him. He could have, even as recently as three days ago, denied all these reports in the press conference. He's not playing. I know people are saying, Steve Nash said he's he's not getting traded. What the fuck is Steve Nash supposed to say? Yeah, we're trading him. And then take (laughs) away all leverage that Brooklyn has. Like, people are sending me that tweet as if, like, that's some breaking news. Like, chances are if a coach is saying he's not getting traded – I actually think he's more likely to get traded because he's just trying to establish leverage. So it's the whole thing of when Daryl Morey was trying to trade for Chris Paul in 
in uh, Houston, it was like, oh, he doesn't have the cap space to do it. He has no leverage. Makes two moves and gets the cap space. They can unload Tobias today and send a signal to Brooklyn or unload Tobias in the offseason. If James wants to come here, he's going to come here. So do you just bank on turning this whole thing around, hopefully winning a championship and and convincing James to stay? Or do you cash in right now for a player that will help your team? Ben Simmons helps Brooklyn. To be honest, Ben Simmons, Kyrie, and KD, if they're healthy in a seven-day game series, we're the favorites. Don't get me wrong. That scares the shit out of me. That team is nasty. Wait, excuse me? <laughs> you're the what? You're the, you're the favorites of what? Like first-round series against the Hornets? It's not just against like, Brooklyn. Look, I'm all in. At on some ben. point, I'm Brooklyn needs in. to acknowledge that if James wants to get here, he's going to get here no matter what. That's fine, but I will say this: I I don't think it makes sense to swap them at this point because you've got all these issues with Brooklyn. Kyrie can only play ten of the next twenty nine games. KD's going to be out probably for the entire month of February. They're actually Jack. It's, a, it's, Jack, it's about maximizing. You can get leave. Harder could walk for nothing. Time out. Hold on. We're not there yet. Ben Simmons, there's no way that bum's been working out. I mean, he's a bum. So there's no, no, no doubt. He's been working out in my high school. There's no Confirmed doubt videos. that it's going to take time to ramp him up. So you're telling me you remove Harden from the equation and Ben's not ready to play yet. And it's their lineup for home games will literally be Tyler Johnson, Javon Carter, Patty Mills, Blake Griffin, and Nick Claxton. Like, they would and have what a, will it. And if they don't win a championship this year and they don't trade Harden tomorrow, they're, when they don't get Ben Simmons and Harden walks, what's their lineup now? Time out. Let's finish out this season. Katie comes back from injury. James Harden's playing good basketball. Kyrie Irving can play road games in the playoffs. And you know what? They are tanking, so they are going to be on the road throughout the playoffs. That team we know at full strength is good enough to win the title. Final point. I but do that doesn't mean they will. It doesn't mean they will. But is it worth just giving – I do see a scenario where because staying with Brooklyn, he gets $40 million more sign and trade, and they still could end up with Ben. I, I think that is where – Why? Would, I know you don't like to hear that. No, 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 no. But James that is Harden, realistic. I love, I love to hear James Harden ending up on the sixth. Sure. Whichever way you, whichever way you twist but, it. I'm in the minority that I would give up Maxi today. Right. I would. I don't, I don't care. I think but, they lose out on getting Maxi or Thibel or a lot of picks, but I easily see a scenario where they say, all right, we're going to extend James, sign and trade. But if James ben. wants to come here, then why does Philadelphia have to do a sign and trade for Ben? Because that's because Brooklyn's going to say, we're not going to pay him $40 million more dollars. So then he can just walk to Philadelphia. Without $40 million. And I know James Harden. I've had a beard before. That connects us. He's a a run-from-the-grind type of guy. He's not been the most, you know, it's always someone else's fault. Even in Brooklyn, it's always someone else's fault. He probably has a leg to stand on here in Brooklyn. But I don't see him walking from 50 M's. At this point in his career, if this is his last big contract, you're. I don't so know. okay, so Harden, Kyrie, and Durant, if they can get it together and he stays, they can win a championship this yeah. year. But Jack, dead ass, can Hart, can Kyrie, 
KD, and Ben win a championship this year? This year? I would say no. I would say no. But can they? Can they? Like, technically they could. You have the best player in the world, one of the best defenders in the world, and another top player. Giannis is still in the box, people. Sorry if Abe confused you, you're listening. They could... I, I'm serious about the like the chemistry would take a little. Nash is the coach. Like I, Kyrie not playing at home, I don't think it would happen this year. Long term, I do think it's a pretty good team, and I think you put Ben in a really good spot. We have a blue check that's tweeting something at the moment. What's that? His name is Strange C-Mac. Let's look okay. into his credentials. Honestly, I don't care about his credentials given his tweet. His tweets are his own. That's his bio. He has a blue check. He has 7,900 followers. And he just heard a rumor from an internal internal reliable source that Philadelphia 76ers are acquiring star James Harden in a trade with Brooklyn for Ben Simmons, Danny Green, and a 2023 first-round pick deal expected to be officially announced in the coming hours. Kalen, talk to me fucking nice. That's what I said <laughs> the deal was going to be. I don't think that Thibel and Maxi are going to get moved because I genuinely think that Maury knows that if James wants to come here, he'll be here. And he knows James. Tad Brown, the CEO of the Sixers, he knows James. If James I'm not denying James is going to – I just don't think it goes down like this. And you agree. I genu- hey. But I genuinely think if you're not denying that it can go down, and I'm not necessarily – it goes down like this. But unbiased, I swear to God, Jack, unbiasedly speaking, and I want you to... You know what the word unbiased means, right? Like, there's not... Like, it's physically impossible for you to be I would. I would say this. If, if, if I was not a 76ers fan and this was something else, I would genuinely say this. I think it is in Brooklyn's best interest to do this now. No. I disagree. I do. I disagree with that. I do. I don't think you risk losing him for nothing. I think you do, and I think, and I, and think I don't think they'll lose him for nothing. But There's if he's no... going to, if he's going to walk regardless, but then they, they will. have the opportunity to pay him fifty million more. And Abe, he's an older point guard with but the hamstring point is, issues. Jack, if they want to do a sign-in trade, yeah, then you can't get that type of compensation that that the player values. That's fine because James but, is but you said to for sign with Philadelphia. But you said for okay, nothing. okay. Okay, so what do you get? You don't get Maxi. I think you, you can don't get, ben get Ben Simmons. No, you can't. Yes, no, you, you can't. can't. No, you can't. Yes, you can. You can get you can get draft pick compensation because what Daryl Morey will do, he'll call up the five teams that can afford him the under Wolves the salary got, cap this year. The Wolves got the Warriors got got uh, D'Lo. They ended up with Wiggins for Kevin a, Durant. Abe, one of them is starting in the All Star game. The other is not. I don't know what to tell you. I don't think you can get Ben Simmons in a sign-in trade. Now, I would, but you're not getting additional compensation on top of that. What you're get- If you're losing James, what you need to try and do is re-add that compensation that it took to get him. Abe, it's March 1st. All right? Go through this hypothetical with me. It's March 1st. Kevin Durant's back. My guy, Governor Adams. Mayor Adams. I don't know what he is. Big crypto guy, though. So I like it. So is Daryl. So is Daryl. Big crypto guy. So I like him. He goes, you know what? New Jersey just dropped the mask mandate. New York, it's over. I don't care if you're not vaccinated. We're out of this demi. The weather's getting nicer. By the way, James Harden isn't playing tonight. Just saying. 
The weather's nicer. It's March 1st, Dave. It's the day after your birthday, so it's probably not the B-Day present you were looking for. It's the day before five years I've spent with my girlfriend, so it's sandwiched right in between two monumental days. And in this hypothetical, Kevin Durant's back. James Harden is playing good basketball. The trade deadline's over, so the rumors stop. And Kyrie Irving is eligible to play. The Nets are the title favorites to win it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just like they were last year. And for that scenario, I think it's worth holding on. So you're banking on gov. You're banking on the government. I'm banking on the government. You're banking on the local government. Who believes in Mr. Adams? Okay, I don't. How about that? I think it is in Brooklyn's best interest, and I would say this if it was, I was a Portland Trailblazer fan. I think it's important. I, I, I don't agree with that though because you have to go for it. You have to. You what does them getting comp for them? They can still win have to go without for it. James. We talk about this all the time. You have to go for it. You do have to go for it, and that's why I would trade Maxi. No questions asked. I know I'm in the minority on Sixers fans that think that. I would say if if they were getting Maxi Thibel four first round picks and Ben Simmons wasn't in the equation, I would say, yeah, you don't do that. It's not worth just recouping young talent. Ben is perfect for this team. He's perfect. But he's also someone reminded me when I tweeted out I love Ben Simmons. He's a bitch. Fit. Yeah. He's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and so is KD and honestly so is Kyrie. It and so is Harden. They're all bitches. But I think They're Ben goes tough there. Like Julius ben... Randle, who's shoving laptops out of his face. Yeah, get those get those nerds out of sports. Yeah. But like, <laughs> like Ben Ben's a bitch because he thought that it was him and Joel, and they were together. The the the, uh, the alpha males in the city, and there was there was their organization. You go to Brooklyn, it's a little different with Kevin Durant sitting on the other side. Like you know damn well when you walk in, you've got two NBA champions that you're playing with. It's their team. Like Ben. Listen, maybe I'm putting a lot of faith into a guy who is just uh, – his character is absurd and unreasonable. But I think Ben is self-aware – I can't believe I'm saying this. I, I think Ben is this self-aware. This is how I know self- you're not unbiased. This is how I know because you are talked yourself into Ben Simmons as being an all-star valuable I'm talking – no, 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 no. I'm talking him into being able – I'm giving him the benefit out of not being so out of this world – non-self-aware that he can go to a team with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and swallow pride and say, I'm not the guy. No Where shot. in Philadelphia, he walked around thinking he was the guy because he came in with Joel. Final prediction for the deadline. I say Harden stays. You say. We're going to manifest. We're going to manifest. Harden okay. and Embiid. Harden and Embiid, first game together on Saturday night. Wow. All right. Final thing, Abe. It's Super Bowl week. It's a big week. It's trade deadline week. We've been building towards this moment. Is this where we go for it? With the blue check. Is this the moment? No. This is. This means too much to me. Remember, I Abe. Think, remember this, Abe. I had Kyrie five days before. He's Brooklyn. Multiple Brooklyn higher-ups follow me on Twitter. Daryl Morey the- follows me on Twitter. But the thing is, Jack, There's no the thing better time is, to pounce. I disagree because this isn't easy because there's so much speculation to what a package could look like. It's not clear and concise. If you just tweet, 
sources are telling me that the Sixers are acquiring James Harden in a package centered around Ben Simmons. You're just like every, everyone with a blue C, strange C Mac just said that the exact same thing. I think I'm got. I think I might source that. I Brooklyn think you're better. I think talks. you're better. Oh, you're an asshole. I th- I my gut says no trade happens. I will not. I will not help you with this one for obvious reasons. I think that you should take the Gronk retirement and run with it. That's what I think you should do. Take this attention away from Harden. But it's. I mean, it goes without saying that if you go and try and tweet that, not only are you on your own for this one, but I might just never be on your side in terms of. <laughs> if you're the one that bra- if we don't get James Harden because you're the one that broke it, I'm you'll just I'm deleting your number. Fair enough. Snapback fam, it is Super Bowl week. This is our only pod of the week until post Super Bowl. Enjoy the preview. Enjoy the deadline. We will talk to you after the big game. Much love.